All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Riders Up here at Better Than Vegas. I'm Blackjack Fletcher filling in for Gino Bacola. He's having a little bit of technical issues today, so I'm going to I'm gonna take the reins on this one. Uh, got Brian Howard with us here, as always, and our guest today, the one and only Deshaun Parker. Deshaun, thanks for taking the time, buddy, to be here with us today. Man, thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. Sean, I got to tell you, I've been a, I've been a big fan of yours ever since I went down to uh, Sam Houston a few years ago, and I just watched you dominate a stakes night down there. I don't know if you remember that. I think it was 2019. It might have been 2020, yeah. right before the pandemic hit. Yeah, it was right before, yeah. You swept like four stakes races in one night. Yeah, yeah it was a great night that night. I mean, I got... I had a lot going my way. I had some uh, horses that had a shot in a couple races. And then, the, the like, there was another race that there was a big favor got scratched in the paddock. So it made my horse look even better. And like I said, it was just it, everything went my way that night. Yeah, it went my way, too. So <laughs> that's good. Did they pay good? <laughs> it paid all right. Yeah, Sam Houston, uh, sometimes it can be a little, little chalky. Yeah. That's how it is. You got to bet Steve and Brett Calhoun over that way, Broberg. I mean, that's, you know, that's that's the problem with the damn thing, right, is Asmussen and Broberg win so many races that yeah. it's tough to get a payout. No, you're right. You're definitely right about that. Yeah, Broberg could be riding a, running a three-legged horse and the thing be eight to five. <laughs> that's true. I mean, you always got a bad bro burger. I mean, anywhere he's running, right? Lately, and definitely a Delta and all those places. Yeah, Carl. Carl kind of owns that that region of the country. Uh, I mean, you know him, so uh, tell me, what's your experience with Carl? I mean, he seems like a little bit of a a wild man. Oh, he is. He's fun to be around too. I mean, he, and when you're talking to Paddock, he don't really even talk about the horses. He's talking about something else and just joking and having a good time. And then I, I used to always mess with him because you never see him in a picture when he kneels down and does yeah. that point. You know, I used to always mess with him about that. So, but Carl, I mean, he's really laid back and real cool. I mean, he just just happy to be in a business. It seems like. What's the difference between someone like him and someone like Steve Asmussen? Because they seem very uh, different. They are. Steve's more more business wise, I guess. But Steve doesn't really tell you much, you know, in the paddock either about how to ride a horse, unless he knows, unless he wants you to really do something. But other than that, he kind of lets you do what he wants. You, you know, let us do what we want to do. But uh, Steve is definitely more business like, and you know, more, uh, you know, straightforward and stuff like that. I mean, he Steve will kid around a little bit, but not much. You know, or Carl, he'll kid around all the time. You know, so. But it's fun riding for Carl. I will say that. I'd imagine he's probably not giving you too much in the way of advice there. No, just not at all. <laughs> yeah, just do your thing. Which uh, probably like, something like said, similar to the, the advice thing. we. <laughs> it's probably similar to the advice we give our riders when when our horse runs. Ride it like you stole it. Yeah, that's a, that's the best way to say it anyway. Because <laughs> you know what they always <laughs> say, you know. Uh, a good rider, you don't really have to tell a good rider what to do, and a bad rider is not going to listen anyway. So pretty much all riders are going to do what they want to do pretty much because in a race, it, it all changes. I mean, you could tell me to do something, and once those gates open, it's totally different, you know, out there. it's A lot of times we try to do, what, you know, what they want to do, but it doesn't always work out that way. Yeah, we, we've talked to a couple guys already, and, and you know, we kind of brought that up. You know, you can have all the plans in the world. When the gate opens, everything 
you had. You have to be able to audible, if you will. And, uh, oh, for sure. you know, a lot of the betters, I'm sure, don't uh, take to that very well and, and give you all kinds of hell on social media. Uh, you know, if your horse is supposed to go to the lead and they want you to go to the lead and the horse stumbles out of the gate and spots the field five links, the worst thing you, you can do is rush that horse up there. And, uh, you know, it's got to be tough, man. Yeah, it definitely is. And then, like you said, when a when a horse is supposed to be on the lead and he stumbles, and then you're you're last back there, and you you don't want. I mean, like you say, you don't want to rush him up, but you want to try to get him in contention. And I've I tell you what, though, you know, a lot of times if uh, the horse still wins, the better or the betters are happy as heck. But if they lose, well, they they will throw a fit. I mean, they throw a fit no matter what, so yeah, it doesn't man. matter. <laughs> It is what it is, right? I tell you, the the fairgrounds they're bad here too. Uh, they will they will tell you about yourself when you walking back, how you what you did wrong, everything you did wrong, and they never rode a horse. I love life. hearing that. Tell me what is the track with the worst hecklers? Where where oh, do you I, really where do you not not want to lose a race? I would say here fairgrounds. I mean, they are bad. You know, I I've been a, I mean I I tell you what Oakland was kind of bad too. They I rode there one time there or I rode there for a season. And they were like, man, go back home, go back to Mountain there. You can't ride here and stuff What's like that. You know, like the nicest fans is it like Indiana? Uh, Indiana for sure. And I tell you what, Houston has some good fans. Yeah, yeah, it's a good good group yeah. down there. Yeah. Um. So Deshaun, you kind of you kind of mentioned you know you ride that that like Mountaineer. You've been in, you ride at Indiana Grand or Horseshoe Indianapolis. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, Sam Houston, Oaklawn. Have you ever, have you ever thought about, you know, trying to break into like the Kentucky, New York, Florida, California scenes? I mean, you've been, you've been doing this for a long time now and you made a hell of a career out of it. I mean, you ever thought about yeah. trying to, you know, really, really break into that, that top tier of tracks? Yeah, well, like uh, last summer and like last couple of years, I've been kind of riding a little more in Kentucky, you know, on off days in Indiana and stuff like that. And I got my agent here, Liz uh, Morris, and she was, um, you know, talking to me about it this year, you know, but uh, she's got another rider. His Her other rider was Gabe Saez, so he got hurt is the reason I ended up getting her this year over here at Fairgrounds. And, it's, you know, things didn't work out or something like that with, you know, Gabe or something like that. We were talking about it, but it looks like he's going to be back riding, so. I mean, I would love to, but like I said, but right now I can go to Indiana and ride back and forth and, you know, ride in Kentucky and stuff like that. Maybe, you know, kind of get my foot in the door that way too. So, Yeah. I but mean, I've you got to go thought about California though. I mean, honestly, I've, I've, I would love to, but you know, I start talking to a lot of the riders now they're all leaving California and I'm like, man, yeah. I don't understand it. You know, I'm, I mean, I went out there for the George Wolf award and I love it. It's a pretty place and everything like that. But I talked to like Joe Talamo and all them guys, and they were like, "Yeah, but you you can go out there and make the same money that you're making here, and you're making way more money over this way than you are in California after you pay, you know, your expenses and stuff like that." So that's the main reason why I think that a lot of them are leaving that place. Yeah, I mean, plus there's just lack of mounts out there. I mean, the races seem to be so so much smaller than than places like the fairgrounds. I mean, you look at a card at the fairgrounds, every race has got 10 plus horses in it. It feels like you look at a card at Santa Anita. If you get an eight horse field, you're getting excited about it. Right. Yeah. That's what they say too. Yeah. There's like, and plus it's not uh, a lot of different tracks running around that area and stuff like that. So you're kind of stuck in one place. And if you're not riding that many, it's, it's gotta be tough over that way. But I mean, it is a beautiful place though. I will say that. 
Deshaun, you know, I mean, we, we obviously talk a lot about racing and riding and all that, but like, I want I want to dig into into Deshaun Parker, the human being here. How the hell do you stay so so skinny? I mean, how do you do it? Like, I, I, you know, I Deshaun, I look at a goddamn cheeseburger and I gain two pounds. <laughs> Hold on, before he even answers that, do you know how tall Deshaun is? I know he's tall. I've met Deshaun. Yeah, five foot ten. Yep, yeah, yeah. So how okay, do I'm, you do this? Like it's not. I, I, I'm gonna tell you, I, I've been skinny my whole life. Like even like uh, when I was a kid, I I tried to gain weight and stuff like that to play football and you know things like that. But I just never did. And I started riding when I was 16. I think I weighed 110 pounds then. And I guess just because I started so early and never really you know ate at ate that much and stuff like that i never really kind of grew that much that weight you know or gained weight that way but i mean it's, it's like uh anything else you still got to work at it and watch everything but i mean i've always been, just been a skinny kid when you like go on vacation do you do you like go nuts for a couple of days oh yeah i i quit for I, f I forget what it was maybe in the early 90s or something like that i stopped for a little bit just uh, a winter off because i didn't want to ride in the winter time and i just <laughs> I went crazy and everything and i swear to god i, I went up to about 125 when i first you know got yeah. uh, you know was eating and then once i leveled off i went back down to like 118 i mean just n normal <laughs> I, I don't I, it just blows my mind man so, it blows so, my mind. It, and, and that's crazy. Again, like I've said, we've talked to some of these other riders who who aren't as tall as you, and and they act like they have to go through this rigorous regiment to uh, to to maintain their weight. And it sounds like it's not really that hard for you. I mean, what what's your what is your riding weight, if you will? Like what what's your normal just flat weight that you carry? Um, my normal riding weight, I can I can take about seventeen or eighteen for easy and. Uh, okay. I, you know, basically, I tell you the truth, I, I probably one meal a day right now because, you know, get up in the morning and work and then going straight to the track and stuff like that right after. So basically, after I'm done riding, then I'll eat something. But other than that, that's about how, I mean, but I've never been a breakfast eater or anything like that. So just, I guess I just have a weird, you know, habit, weird style. I don't know. But a lot of those guys are, you know, thicker bone guys too, you know, and you know, I mean, because I, I, I talked to a lot of them, too, and they were like, man, I can't believe you're so light, you know, skinny, you know. And they just, they're, I guess, a little more muscular, too, I guess, you know. And muscle is definitely hard to lose. That's what well, I Well, you got to have those, too, to control that. That's horse. why I have that. That's why I weigh what I weigh. It's muscle. Um, yeah, you're all muscle, huh? <laughs> that's it, Deshaun. I'm, 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 I'm not honest. Um <laughs> So you're down there in New Orleans, the fairgrounds. I have never been to the fairgrounds. I always wanted to go there. Um, what are you doing in New Orleans on an off day? What do you like to get into? It's obviously not the Cajun. Uh, well, right now we got Mardi Gras going on, so it was all pretty much all Mardi Gras uh, last month and everything. Oh, yeah, it was it was a good time, and uh, I found a couple places to go fishing. I like to fish, so I found a couple places to go fishing, and other than that, just just enjoying the weather, you know. What are, you, what are you catching down there? Catfish? No, nah, they catch a lot of redfish. I actually mm -hmm. went uh, I went uh, uh, bow fishing with uh, Mitchell Murrow, my first time ever doing it, uh, about about a month ago. Oh, uh, we caught a bunch of drums and big reds and everything. We had a great time. I mean, I, Mitchell Mitchell goes almost every night. I I told him I can't handle going every night because you got to wake up in the morning. 
Mitchell, he I, just he don't care. <laughs> I gotta ask you about Mitch. I I met Mitch in in an establishment here in Lexington when he was riding oh, in Keeneland. Oh, He's a yeah. wild man, is he not? I was like say, he, he was probably he's probably all messed up, huh? <laughs> I, I don't well, you know, I'm not gonna get into telling all his secrets, but he was very adamant about telling me and a couple of my friends that he had a horse in the first race at Keeneland tomorrow and that he loved it and we needed to fire away on it. And I happened to look at my watch and it was somewhere around, I don't know, two o'clock in the morning. And I thought, you know, maybe that's not the best uh, idea to, to fire on him that early. I'd probably wait for later in the car, but uh, we've had some interactions since then. Like I, I, I've kept up with him and he, you know, I mean, he's winning some races down there too. So uh, he just seems like a real fun guy to hang out with. Oh, yeah, he's a blast. Like I said, when we went fishing that night, I mean, we had a good time. Me, it was me, him, and James Graham, and we, we, it was me and Mitch catching all the fish at first, and then finally we were getting ready to leave, and it was like, man, we got to get James at least one fish. So he finally did catch one, but, I mean, it took him all night to catch one, but it was pretty fun. But Mitch, I tell you, he stays up all night every night. Like I said, he just, I guess he's used to it, and it don't bother him at all. He's a wild man. I love it. Yeah, That's an odd trio, by the way, to think about fishing, Blackjack. James <laughs> Graham, Mitchell Burrell, and Deshaun Parker. Just out both fishing. Yeah. Just out both fishing. I mean, just guys doing what guys do. Just yeah. guys being Pretty dudes. Fun. Love it. I'll tell you what, it's the first time I did it. I, I really love it. I'm a, I like to do it again. All right, so you're into the Mardi Gras scene in New Orleans. I like that. Uh, hopefully you got your beads ready to give out. Uh, you know, it's a great time. Um which track that you go to regularly is not your favorite? Is not my favorite? Yeah. Um, and why is it Mountaineer? It's not Mountaineer. Why is it Mountaineer's Mountaineer. his home. No, I, I love Mountaineer. I, can't, I will never talk bad about Mountaineer. I mean, it's a shame that Charlestown I don't like. I will say that. There we go. Nobody likes Charlestown. That's one track. I I refuse to go there, if you want to know the truth. Like my agent one time, he kept saying, oh, we got a couple horses to go to Charlestown. I was like, nope, not me. Now, why don't you like it? Uh, at the time, it's it's a, you know, it's a, it's a bull ring as it is. But at the time, there was a lot of riders. They didn't care. They were just coming over. I mean, they didn't care where you were in a the race. They were just coming over on you. And uh, there was one time I, I think they had like a little video of how many uh accidents they had it was just yeah. terrible i was like you know i don't want to go to a place where people are riding like that or acting like that this ain't the bush tracks of louisiana man yeah no exactly <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking a little bit blackjack before you got on about uh what's now belterra and how he you know he knew it as river downs before belterra and you know how much that it's just changed maybe not for the better since as well so yeah that's like a lot of new tracks that are getting built they're more casino wise than yep. uh, horse wise you know and uh, if you go in the grandstand in belterra it's not even a grandstand there that much anymore but it's all casino they got a small paddock they got a small jocks room i mean they just they just threw things in there for the horses but basically wanting the, the casino you know and just care less about the horses and, and also speaking of treks, would you take them out at Penn National? Oh uh, no! Asking for a friend. That's another place I don't. I went. You know what? I went. 
there's a story about Penn National. I, I, I was going for it was me and my old agent, Billy Johnson, who passed away last, last year. We were going for, uh, we were chasing the lead rider in the nation with Ramon Dominguez. And we wasn't going to catch him. I think we, we were probably about 15, 20 miles behind. I mean, wins behind him or something like that. So when Mountaineer closed down, we went over to Penn National for the rest of the, the winter in December. And I started riding for uh, Mike Gill and all them guys. And I was, I'm telling you, I went there and that was the year I was supposed to go to New York to, to start riding. And I went there and uh, went down on probably like my, maybe the third day I was there. Went down and fractured my hip and couldn't go to New York. And that was my, I mean, I, 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 mean, I was going to go there to, uh, you know, for the winter and ride in New York. And, Never made it because of that reason. So Penn is a place I never really want to go to again exactly. either. Exactly. All right. So you mentioned some of the the the, the things at Charlestown with jockeys kind of getting into it on the track. Who would you say is your biggest rival? Uh, on the track? Yeah. Myself. <laughs> oh, that's solid. <laughs> All right. Sometimes you know. Sometimes right. I What's get in my head and start thinking come- about. To fighting another jockey, I was gonna say he said on the track, which means he's got an off the track rival. So I'm ready for this. Yeah, no, no, I tell you, I get along with everybody. If you want to know the truth, there's not one person I can really say that uh, I can't stand or anything like that. But I mean, there's some riders that you you know you got to watch out for out there on the track, stuff like that. But in the room and stuff like that, no, I don't, I don't really have any problems with anybody. Um. So you don't have like a Paco Lopez to your Irad Ortiz? No, <laughs> we don't have anything like that. Not around. Uh, uh, not, really. Is, not really. <clears throat> Which one of the tracks that you ride at the most would you say has the best jocks room? Um, and then follow up to that is how weird is Florent Giroux to have in a jocks room? <laughs> Um, I have to say maybe Indiana is probably the best jocks room because we're all kind of looking out for everybody and stuff like that. And plus it's probably, it's more of the same guys all, all the time riding. So we know each other a lot and Flo, he's a nut. I mean, he's, you know, Flo is Flo. He's always, he's always, you know, joking and having a good time too. So, I mean, he's fun to have around though. But I mean, you need, you need people like that in the room just to joke around and, you know, lighten everything up. Does every like good jocks room have to have a French guy in it? <laughs> no, not really. I don't think so. I think that's a key ingredient to success. <laughs> the French guys. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, no. there's not that many of them, right? You got Leperou, Giroux, and Pratt. I don't know. Yeah. You got to have one of those guys in there. Yeah, that's true. They are good riders. I'll give it to them. Do they, they pick on French to each the other time. when they're in the same jocks room? Sometimes, yeah, yeah. See, now nah, that wouldn't fly with me. I'd be like, no, 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 no. We're speaking I'm English. There's a buddy. lot of languages being spoken in a jocks room. Oh uh, yeah, oh, it's all Spanish, pretty much. You know that. You kind of walked As, into that one. They they dominate the room. Sean, <laughs> <sighs> have you ever thought they, about riding? That's what I said. I told uh, I I told before. I said. Uh, um, you know, whites and blacks in the, in the jocks room right now are they're, they're minorities. It's all Spanish people, Spanish speaking, yeah. something like that. That's where the majority of riders are right now. Um, yeah. Have you ever thought about riding north of the border up in Canada? 
No, you know, I, I've, I've gone to uh, Fort Erie just to hang mm -hmm. out one day, but I've never, you know, been to Woodbine at all. I would like to, yeah. It's a pretty track. It looks like it's pretty nice. Beautiful track. Yeah. Great people up there. Um, you just mentioned that the jock rooms nowadays are mostly, you know, Hispanic in nature. I, serious question. How hard was it breaking into this sport as an African-American, you know, coming up? It was pretty hard. I mean, I, I, it was a tough time for me. And, and then I, I went to West Virginia out of off tracks, you know, to break in. And that time it was all white over that way. So, I mean, it was it was a little tough. But, I mean, uh, I got a couple breaks. You know, I got to ride for a couple big trainers. And then um, I got to ride for John Seamer, who was, a big, you know, one of the top trainers over there, who really got me going at Mountaineer. And then once I got in with Dale Bear, that just it really took off after that. But I mean, it was definitely a, a hard little thing, you know, to get going. But the only good thing is when I went there, I had the bug and it wasn't, I don't think there was another bug rider at the time there. And I got lucky and, you know, won a couple races and then it just kind of kicked off from there. So I got lucky that way. So, so according to my notes here, you led, you led the nation in wins in 2010 and became the first African-American to do so since 1895. Like, yeah, that's Ooh. incredible. A and secondly, like, I mean, how does that make you feel? Like, what, like, take me through your thoughts on accomplishing such an unbelievable feat. Oh, we were, it, me and my agent were trying to, I think, like, maybe three years before that, I was always second. I was behind Russell Bays one time and uh, Ramon Dominguez a couple times. But I mean, we were always trying and we were riding back and forth from Mountaineer to. Beulah at the time and Thistle Downs and you know we're right night and day so I mean once I finally got it I mean it was the best thing in the world you know that's a great accomplishment and everything but uh it was a lot of hard work I will say that but we, I did it two years in a row two years in a row so I mean I got I got lucky and my my agent Billy Johnson he was a really good agent I mean he worked hard and he you know he knew everybody and was pretty you know everybody liked them too so I mean it made it easy but um uh, it was one of those things that, you know, I like, I mean, truthfully, I love to do it all over again. I mean, it's like, like I ride right now, he's winning five, six races a day and that's what it takes to do, you know? Yeah. And, and kind of piggybacking on that. Another thing we usually ask, ask these riders is like when you first came into the jocks room, like who were some of the jockeys that kind of took you under their wing and, and taught you some stuff. And, and that being said, um, you know, obviously, with there not being a lot of African American jockeys out there, like, did people pay less attention to you? Try to help you less, or, you know, um, I guess when I I, I started Thistle Down when I started, and Herberto Rivera Jr., which is uh, he's like in a, a Gill rep now, but he's like uh, my my dad. I mean, he's a good friend of mine. He's the one who kind of helped me start now. Uh, Michael Rowland was back there at the time. He helped me out a lot too. And uh, actually, you know, there's another occasion rider, Tracy Abear. He was there at the time. He kind of helped Tracy me a lot Tracy so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was riding there at the time. So, I mean, there was a lot of good riders there at the time. Gary Cooper and, um, like I say, Jeff Radosevich, the trainer now, he was riding at the time. He was there riding. He helped me out. So, I mean, it's a, a lot of good people back then really, you know, tried to help you and everything and you know i think nowadays a lot of the um you know bug riders come in kind of thinking they know too much and 
you can't really tell them anything to where back in the day they kind of made you know hey you don't know anything right now so and plus a lot of the trainers back then you know they they didn't want you to win a race until you rode like 50 mounts and stuff like that to where now now jockeys are coming out winning their first mount riding their first mount winning and you know just dominating that way but we struggled a little bit whenever you know we had the bug back in the day so i mean it taught us a lot too you know so i mean it was it was hard but it was fun you know and i i appreciate it now you know looking back and stuff like that i definitely learned a lot and you know you know they taught me and helped me out a lot so good deal um you're also go ahead no no take it okay um also i mean I, I'm trying to think of how to put this to make it seem as big of a deal as it is because you've you got your 5,000th win. You were the 32nd jockey to ever do that in North America. You're coming up on six. Like, yeah. how incredible is that? And and a follow-up to that, like, I know now they're probably getting more exciting as you're getting closer to six, but, like, is your 648th win feel the same as your – first win you know does it feel the same every time you win oh it, it trust me every time i win I, I love it i mean it doesn't matter what kind of race it is i just want to win so it's, it, it feels good i keep telling people everybody say how much longer you going to ride i said as long as i keep winning i'm gonna ride you know because it, it just it just feels so good you know and um uh like i say six thousand that's gonna be something else you know i a lot of times i'm a lot of people don't even realize this too like they ask me how many races you want i i could never tell them at a lot of times because i never wanted to keep track just because i was worried about it when i got done riding and stuff like that but i never you know once you get this many wins i'll start you know everybody starts telling you more and more you know this is what you got and stuff like that so i understand it now but but back when I didn't have that many, you know, I didn't care about how many I had. I just wanted to go out there and win more and just worry about it when I get done. Or when I retire, then I'll worry about how many wins I had and stuff like that. So, so how many wins do you have now? Uh, 5,000. What is it? I'm I'm 29 away from 6,000. Yeah, I didn't know if Equibase had updated. I know you, you won one yesterday, I think. Or I won they, one yesterday, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't know if they'd updated. But, yep, you're right. So maybe I'm 28 away, away yeah. 29 yeah I don't, I don't know if they've updated it was it says 29 but it could be 28 yeah but you're getting close man we'll be pulling for you for sure yeah. so definitely Scott, let me ask you kind of a two-part question you've ridden a lot of horses in your career first one who was your favorite horse to ride that you've ridden second which was the craziest son of a bitch you ever rode oh i got two favorites if you want to know the truth i yeah. got um um a source name was private bet and he used to run back in mountaineer and actually run at churchill but he would only run the distance races he a mile and a quarter was basically kind of a short race for him but he were he dominated in the, the two mile races everywhere over you know mountaineer beulah churchill uh thistle i mean wherever he went he just won and like i said he was the coolest horse too because warming up he would just stand there and not do anything not even move he was quiet and everything getting in a race you can push him down the backside or try to do whatever you want to he would not go until he wanted to go but he knew when to go and like i said the longer the better for him and rapid redux was my other one because you know we got the he broke uh the record winning 22 in a row 
And he was the coolest horse to ride just because he did it. Every time a horse come to him, he took off. You know, I didn't even have to ask him to take off. He did it himself. And as soon as he gets a little bit in front, he'll relax. As soon as another horse come up to him, he'll take off again. I mean, he was just had so many gears that it was just, it was crazy, you know, because a lot of horses, they'll give you one gear. And then after that, they don't have another one to where right. he kept giving you and giving you and giving you. And it was, it was just amazing, you know. Uh, I've been on a lot of crazy horses, so I can't say <laughs> which one was the craziest. Does anyone stand out in particular? Anyone jump to mind when I say crazy? No, not really. I can't, I can't even really name a horse. Because a lot of times if they were crazy at one time and I rode them, I ain't ride them back. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Um, what, what year did you start riding? Uh, 89. 89. Okay. So you, you just yeah. mentioned that horse that, that was running the two mile races, um, which just kind of definitely piqued my interest. My, my grandfather, uh, I told you he was a trainer and he had this, this old, old gelding that used to run pretty much exclusively at river downs, uh, in those long distance in that long distance series they had, uh, you know, where they'd run two and a quarter miles on the grass. It, it's just right. the, like, I don't know how y'all, stand stay on that horse for two two and a quarter miles i mean the races are <laughs> over three minutes long but it, the horse's name was Budo, and that it, it he that horse would be 25 links out of it and then you just know he just knew what time it was and he'd run just hard enough to get to the wire first and be done but i, I don't know how you do those distance races like that that's crazy yeah i tell you those horses like that they're so fun to ride too because they, like you say they know what to do you don't really have to tell them to do anything they just know when to run and i mean it makes it so much fun and honestly the distance races are easier than the short races because you're kind of standing up more than staying down when you're riding but when you're going short you probably you probably you're mostly you know riding the whole way pretty much you know so i mean the distance races are a little easier. I mean, don't get me wrong. If if you're on a slow horse on a distance race, it's it's really hard. I mean, because <laughs> if you, you you're already going slow as it is, and then you're 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 going that long, and then when you start pushing them and they're not going anywhere, it makes it a lot worse. So. But I mean, if you're on a, if you're on a fast horse or you know a horse that really likes the distance, it's 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 a fun race to ride. So Deshaun, you talked about you know like you're you're still you, you love to win, you love to ride what what are the goals you have left for yourself in in your career like what are the things you want to accomplish before you know this whole ride comes to an end i haven't won a greater stake race yet so i guess I, that's one of the goals because i just got i've been nipped a bunch of times or even this year on the, um, the oaks in the indiana i just got beat at the wire um and flavian pratt beat me so your, your frenchman he, he beat me <laughs> Yeah, like, come on, Flavian, but, can you give me one? But you know the bad thing about the thing? I mean, I, I after I watched the race, I was lucky to even be that close because his horse broke bad, uh, broke glass or something like that. He circled the field and still won the race. So, I mean, his horse was much the best. But um, uh, stuff like that, I, I would definitely like to win a greater race. And other than that, I just want to just keep winning. I mean, I could always say I want a Kentucky Derby mount and stuff like that, but it's hard to find a baby you know, a two-year-old and a good two-year-old and three-year-old and stuff like that. So, I mean, it, you that's one in a million. And and, and then you got to have somebody that's going to stick with you, even if you do get that, you know, that baby that, you know, going to give you the chance to ride that horse. 
So this is my last question about horse racing, and then I want to ask you a couple more later on. But um, are we going to see Deshaun Parker as like a pair of Utes and uh, riding, you know, till he can't ride anymore? Are we going to see Deshaun no. stop riding and get into training? Or No. I, I tell you, Perry Oots is one of a kind, and I, I ride with him, and he just loves his job. I mean, he really loves it. I mean, I thought I he loved it, it, but he loves it. And he tells you, he can, Perry can tell you how many mounts he's rolled, how many wins he's got, how many seconds he's got, how many thirds he's got. He wants to be, he wants to beat somebody now for mounts ridden. And I forget who it is. I want to say it's Dave Gall. I think he's coming up to, or something like that. But that's not even wins. Just the mounts ridden is what he wants to, yeah. you know, to to win. I'm like, I've never thought about that, you know, or even wanted to accomplish that. But I mean, no, I, I plan. I, I can't give you a timeline, but I mean, like I say, maybe three, four years more. But if I'm winning, I might say, you know, when those three, four years come up, I might say another three, four years, you know? So, I mean, as of right now, like I said, as long as I keep winning, I'm going to keep riding. But I I don't think I'll ever go as long as Perry, though. Well, it, it's fun. I had the pleasure of interviewing Perry uh, about a year ago, and uh, he, he just straight up told me, he's like, if I quit riding, I'll, I'll die. Like, I, I don't, yeah, I, I wouldn't know what to do with truth. myself. This has literally that been my life truth. so long. Um, I don't, I don't want to, so. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's told well, me that let's... a bunch of times too. I mean, I, I just, yeah. like I said, that he just, he loves it. I mean, it's something. He's great, great human being. Love him. Oh, man, um, he, he is. All right. So let's talk about off days some. Uh, what, what do you do on your off days, man? What kind of music are you into? What kind of movies, shows you like? Like, what's Deshaun uh, Parker relaxing to? Man, I've been killing some Netflix shows. I've, I've done so many series. I can't even tell you. Well, yeah, what's I, good? I, I need something to watch. Uh, the last one I watched was, uh, man, I, I did so many. I, I did the Love is Blind. I watched that the other Ooh, day. Oh, I was really that one. That. that show, yeah. I watched it all day. Yeah, I watched, I killed that series. The last, or last two nights or something like that, I killed that. Um, it's crazy, I mean, I, I, right? Like, it's insane. I watch everything. I mean, I, and music-wise, I, I love reggae. I'm a reggae guy. And... You know, uh, but I like all music too. And on my off days, like I say, like like today, I'm gonna try to go go do some fishing, maybe, or just go walk around and just be in the sun and be outside and do something like that. So I want to be outside, you know. Just to, I got a boat back home. I didn't bring it here, but you know, whenever I get the chance to go home, I'm gonna get out on my boat and on off days and stuff like that. But here, you know, I like to. I I wish I could bring my boat here, and you know. Just go out on it and fish out on it and everything. I'd probably do that every off day. So is home still West Virginia? Uh, I got my home in East Liverpool, yeah, over by West Virginia. But um, I got a uh, my dad. I got my dad's trailer in Indiana, so I, when I'm there, I stay in his trailer, his travel trailer. So all over the place, man. Yeah, but and, over when I go back to Indiana, a lot of days I don't even have a day off because I've been going back and forth from Indy to Beulah. And like Charles or Churchill and uh, Keeneland and stuff like that on off days. So over that way, you got so many tracks you can ride. You don't really have too many days off. That's true. In that part of the country, you do have a lot of them right there clustered. So it's got to be, yeah. got to be interesting. Let me ask you a question because I've always wondered this, and I want to get a jockey's perspective on this. You, you'll hear people talk about 
on a big race day, you know, like Keeneland, for example, Keeneland has been a conveyor belt at times, you know, you get to the front on the dirt track and you're home free, right? How much is there to that, to tracks kind of souping up the, the dirt? Like how much, how much do you put into that as a rider? Um, you always, you always gotta, you know, when you're watching races, see what, what, you know, how there are winning and stuff like that. Like a lot of places, um, the inside, like a lot of tracks, the inside is not a good spot to be in for some reason, but that could be too. A lot of people saying that, but their inside is really good, but nobody wants to try it just because they, you know, they're already, it turns out that it's not good. So, um, really, I, I really, I mean, you definitely want to know if it's a, 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 you know, front horse, uh, if you got speed, if it's speed favoring, you know, you definitely want to take advantage of that. But a lot of times that don't work either. I mean, it could be, you know, a bunch of races that horses went on the lead, but then you get a horse that has early speed and stuff like that. And you have it your way and he stops. It is not because of the track. It's just because of the horses itself, you know? So, I mean, but I mean, you do have to play into the, to the track and, you know, watch and see how they're running and, you know, how they're winning. But the thing that gets me is a lot of times, uh, like a couple of commentators will say, oh, speed's favoring. Yeah, we only ran two races. How are you going to know speed's rating or favoring? <laughs> and and the, the two favorites won the race. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, how can you say it's a track, you know, speed, a track a speed favoring track? Yeah, whenever it's only, you're only in the yeah, second race. That's, that's a good point. That's a really yeah. Well, you know, Deshaun, I, I live right around the corner from Keeneland, and like Blackjack said, it's been a conveyor belt for years. And I mean, typically, if if your horse is more than four or five out of it at any distance on the dirt, it, it's just you're not going to catch the winner. Um, and, and part of that, I think, is you know, some of them are just better horses. You know what I'm saying? Um, for sure. But but again, like, have you ever had a trainer like? say at a place like Keeneland where you know you need to be up near the front to have any shot at all. And the trainer's like, nah, I want you to settle back off way off the pace and then come running. And you go, there's no shot at this. Yeah. But I mean, I've had a lot of trainers tell you that in a, a lot of different racetracks and a lot of tracks and stuff like that. And then you, you, you got your mind coming out of the jocks from thinking one thing and then they tell you nothing. And then you're like, man, that's not a good plan. But you got to try to do what he wants you to do because he's putting you on a horse. And if you don't do it, then he's going to be mad. So if you get beat, at least you can say, I got beat your way, you know, yeah. or, you know, you can't blame me. You know, you told me to do this. So I, I did it. and We didn't win. So, you know, blame it on yourself. But, you know, if you don't do it and you get beat, then they're going to blame you and get pissed off and never ride you again and stuff like that. So. I mean, there's a bunch of times you walk out of the room and you you hear a trainer tell you, oh, take them back. And I'm thinking, take them back. What am I doing that for, you know? But <laughs> you, you have to do it, you know. But I'll tell you so, another thing about Keeneland. You got, if you're riding for Wesley Ward over at Keeneland, and Wesley Ward, he trains for speed anyway. So, I mean, that's why a lot of them are winning over that way. But Wesley, you know, he, he dominates over at Keeneland, you know, but he's got, I don't know what it is about Wesley and how he does it, but a lot of his horses all have speed. You know, they all come out of the gate good and everything. Yeah, dude, those little baby races that are coming up in April, I mean, he dominates those. I mean, yeah. again, it doesn't matter. As long as his name's attached to it, that thing's four to five at most. Yep. And they break like absolute rocket ships. They it's do. unbelievable. Yeah, they do. It is, I'll tell you. And, I mean, it doesn't matter who's on them. They're on the lead. And I've I've ridden a couple for Wesley, like first-time starters. And, I mean – Man, they they just bust out of there so fast, and you're like, "Dang, where did this speed Whoa. come from?" And they, they they just keep going, you know, and they don't stop. 
That's awesome. Yeah. No, yeah, that's that's something, man. Um, you know, we talked about some of your favorite horses, Deshaun. Is there a is there a race that stands out to you? Maybe like your if I asked you what your best win was as a rider, what would you say? I, I probably had to say that race with Rapparita just because it meant so much, you know. And I mean, I, it was and like I said, he was a cool horse. So I would say, you know, that would be the race. Were you nervous before that race, before the record breaker? Like you knew it was yeah. coming. I'm a, here's here's one thing that happened too. Um, be, I rode them probably the first time I ever ridden them. I was coming back from um, uh, Prescott. I, ro- I rode there and I was coming back from Prescott to ride at Mountaineer. And I got a phone call from, I think it was Becky at TVG. And they were, they were talking about it. And they were like saying, hey, you ride this horse today. And he's like undefeated and stuff like that. I hadn't even looked at the racing form or program or anything. I didn't even know anything about it. So I'm, you know, I'm just talking about it. I was like, yeah, you know, you know, we got a shot. We're winning and stuff like that. So I got to the room and I finally looked, I got to look at him in the program. And I was like, whoa, I didn't realize he went like 18, 19 races already and stuff like that. So, I mean, but it was, but it, I was nervous that day going into the race just because, it, you know, it meant so much. And there was a lot, you know, a lot of people watching and you knew everybody won. It was there was breaking what Zenyatta and Pepper's Pride, I think, is a uh, record. So I mean, you know, you probably had a lot of people, Zenyatta fans, who didn't want it to be broke, and then you had yeah. other people, you know. So, but I mean, I and I think once I got on him and everything, and just the way he was, I I, I was confident after that. I didn't have to worry about it. I just knew he was going to be all right. So, but uh, yeah, I was a little nervous before that though. Fair enough. Um, all right, Deshaun, I, I really wanted to uh, to thank you here for, for taking the time to meet with us. I know that we got you on here uh, through your relationship with a company called Fantac. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about what you're doing with Fantac? Yeah, Cameron, he's a good guy, man. He, um, I got a hold of him one day because I saw, I think uh, I think it was Chris Landeros had some, you know, shirts or something like that. And I just... Uh, you know, complimented. You know, I mean, I, I know Chris is good. You know, good guy. So I just wrote to Fantac. You know, I was like, man, I really appreciate you know, you guys doing this. And he was like, um, I said, you know, I, I said that's pretty cool that you, what you're doing for you know the jockeys. I mean, I thought that was pretty neat. So he's like, yeah, hey, I'd like to you know get you on there if you want to. I was like, man, I, I never, you know, I wasn't calling or you know writing him to say anything like that. I wanted to do it. I was just you know, happy to, because, you know, um, back in the day, they used to do the uh, cards, the jockey cards. And yep. a lot of fans, a lot of fans yep. love that. And I don't know why they don't do that anymore because a lot of people, I mean, I have people today coming up to me wanting me to sign a jockey card. And I mean, they really appreciated that. So once I saw- Don't be giving you know, my ideas away, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you need to do it seriously. But like I said, when, once I saw Cameron doing that, I just wanted to reach out to him and let him know, man, I appreciate him, you know, you know, getting a jockey's name out there and stuff like that. And so once he said he wanted me involved, I, I told him for sure, I definitely want to be involved. And I uh, I still got to get my order through because um, I, I order so much that I keep messing it up. So we got to, you know, get it right. But once I get it, I'm going to, you know, be proud of it and wear it and, you know, try to give it to everybody. That's awesome, man. Really, really, uh, yeah, and really like a lot of <clears throat> a lot of cool stuff at Fantac. So make sure you go check it out. 
fan-tac.com, find the Deshaun Parker collection, um, and you'll see there's some really cool stuff on there. Uh, Brian, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, there's a little something for everybody. There's T-shirts, hats, uh, beanies, uh, joggers. I hear the joggers are, are are the the hot item right now for just about everybody. So, uh, But, you know, they're individualized. They've got Deshaun's logo there. They look sharp. Um, I'm going to have to grab me some because now I'm a huge fan, and we're going to get to that 6,000th win for you. But but again, sure. I think it's cool, like like you said with with Cameron. Um, you know, I, I think th- these horses that are here, you know, they run in the public season for one, two, maybe three years if you're lucky. Every now and then, you get some old battling veteran gelding or something. But at the end of the day, you guys are here. You've been doing this since you know what the '80s. You said. And, right. you know, you guys are the stars. Why does nobody promote you guys? I'm glad Cameron's doing it. I'm glad you guys are part of it. And we're doing everything we can here to to help that as well and bring out who you are as a person, not just a jockey. And, uh, you know, wish you the best, man. I appreciate you guys. And like I said, I really, once I get that 6,000, I'll get back on and talk to you guys again. I just, <laughs> but it's pretty cool, man. All right, Sean, yeah, I appreciate you guys, all right? Thanks for the time, buddy. Stay safe and uh, best of luck out there. Thank you. Appreciate it. Stay safe, man.